From the Alex Trebek stage at Sony Picture Studios, this is Inside Jeopardy! Yes, it is. Hello and welcome back to Inside Jeopardy, your exclusive and official podcast destination for all things happening in the world of Jeopardy. I'm Sarah Foss and I'm joined by Buzzy Cohen. Hey, Sarah. Happy to be here. So much exciting stuff to talk about. I have to say, (laughs) every night this week, I get a call at approximately 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time from Amy and Marvin Cohen of Boca Raton, Florida. Those are Uh, my parents, and they all they want to talk about is how amazing these Jeopardy! Tournament of Champion games have been. Well, they have been, and we have the chance to discuss them today. What a series of games it has been. We wrapped up the quarterfinals of the Tournament of Champions Last week with a sixth game where Sam Buttry punched his ticket to the semifinals, joining Andrew He, Tyler Rowe, John Folk, and Eric Ahasik to match up against our three seated champions, Amy Schneider, Madame Modio, Matea Roach, you know their names. Of course, we also aired in markets where it wasn't preempted on Election Day, our very special game we called The Great Exhibition, a friendly no-stakes warm-up for Amy, Matt, and Matea. And in primetime on Celebrity Jeopardy, John Michael Higgins, Will Wheaton, and Joel Kim Booster competed for that second spot in the finals. All right. Factors ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. When my schedule gets busy, it's nice to have pre-prepared, chef-created, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to my door. With over 35 different options a week to choose from and over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons, make your weekly meal planning even more delicious and easy with Factor. Plus, Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to Factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 and use code Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. That's code Jeopardy50 at Factormeals.com slash Jeopardy50 to get 50% off. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Cue the beep boops. Let's get into it. Ah, gotta love a good beep boop. I'm feeling into it. And joining us now to break down all of last week's games, the enabler, senior researcher and gameplay analyst, Michael Harris. Michael, welcome back. Thank you, Sarah. Hey, Buzzy. How's it going? Great to be back in the studio with you. The team has assembled. Yes. Let's look back at that final quarterfinal game. We had Zach Newkirk going up against Jessica Stevens and our professor's champion, Sam Buttry. I like to call this game Sam's Club. But no bargains. <laughs> ah, I like Sam, that. <laughs> Sam started the game like a house on fire, quickly racing to a strong lead over Zach and Jessica. He went all in on an incorrect daily double and dropped to zero, but was able to bounce back, ending the Jeopardy round with a lead, with Zach in second place and Jessica unfortunately in the red. Zach battled through the DJ round, inching closer to Sam's lead, but an incorrect daily double and a large wager took away all of his previous progress. It was a runaway game for Sam with $19,600 and the win. Interesting enough, Sam had 34 out of 60 
correct responses, which was the highest of all the quarterfinal games. Wow. Very impressive. He also had the most buzzer attempts at a single game at 52 and just the most buzzes overall in a single game at 37. So Sam... He was representing for the professors there. Yeah, I think Sam's performance in this game alone really validates the if this was if we had the great exhibition, we also had the great experiment of the professors tournament. Sure. Totally. Uh, and Sam really showed that you can get some incredible champions that might, you know, be on regular Jeopardy, but not on teachers tournament. It's, it's a great new format and it's clearly bringing great champions. He also showed us that he can floss. So, yeah. you know, first he got the floss clue. Ken said, would you care to floss? He said, no. Then he got the Vogue clue. Ken says, would you like to Vogue? He said, I will after the show. But in the end, he said, you know what? I've changed my mind. I'm going to floss now, Ken. And his floss was amazing. And he finished with a bow to the crowd. Ken, of course, replied, he is one wild and crazy guy. <laughs> I, yeah. I knew, would there have been a lot of, you know, we've done the Steve Martin comparisons. Watching this game, the thing that struck me was how how youthful Zach and Jessica appeared, and how prof- professorial the fun professor Samsey. I'm I'm like writing a, a comedy film where the two of them are his students. You know, they could be like the the thirty somethings cast as high school students, and he's like their cool teacher, and they go on a heist or something. I don't know. That's what was going through my head. Surely Zach is not going. I love what's in your head, Buzzy. I always like to little <laughs> take a little trip down yeah. your lane of thinking, but I'm sure Zach is not ever going to forget that daily double For where sure. he lost that 7,000. Obviously, it would not have been a runaway, but Zach was a good sport, and he said, you know what? I'm honored to have lost to Steve Martin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, what else can we say about that game other than what a quarterfinals it was? I think we were all equally as excited to head in to the semifinals. But before that, on Tuesday, we did air that much-anticipated great exhibition game. And if you were unable to watch that game due to the election coverage in your market, or if you just want to re-watch the game, it is up in its entirety. Yes, even Ken swearing on YouTube, on our <laughs> YouTube channel. And in case you missed it, we also released a special bonus episode of Inside Jeopardy last week mm-hmm. featuring some great commentary by Amy, Matt, and Matea as we discuss the many highlights of that special game. And if you prefer to watch that conversation instead of listening to it, you can find that video version of last week's bonus podcast on YouTube. If you have not already watched or listened, please do. I had such a great time chatting with the three champions about this never-before-played Jeopardy type of game and their comments about what they were thinking throughout that game, everything from honoring Alex on the two-year anniversary of his passing to the interesting choice of categories by our writers to the bloopers by Ken that were left in. It really just doesn't get more Inside Jeopardy than this bonus episode did. So check that out. All right, we're moving on to the semis. It's Wednesday. We kick off our first game with Amy Schneider, Maureen O'Neill, and Tyler Road. We like to call this game Amazing <laughs> Runaway. Um, Tyler had a small lead over Amy in the early portion of the J round, which was kind of surprising. But Amy, of course, turned up the volume as she found the daily double and widened the gap with a correct response. In the DJ round, Tyler attempted to stay within striking range for hoping that he could find that daily double. But in signature form, Amy steadily increased her lead, and she was the one who found the last daily double with only a few clues left on the board. At the end of the DJ round, Amy had 19,600, a one-away performance from our top-seeded player. Yeah, I think that uh, Amy certainly came out swinging. And I I wonder if Maureen 
and possibly even Tyler were a little bit, uh, you know, even if Tyler came out strong, you look at the buzzer attempts, Amy's at 47, Tyler is only at 29. If you're going for more clues, odds are you're going to end up getting more opportunities. Um, And I think that Amy just as you can see by the runaway, really dominated. This was a very challenging double jeopardy round. We had the most triple stumpers we've had in a single round so far this tournament with 10. So it just really highlights how difficult this material is. And, you know, within a difficult game, Amy was able to have a convincing win in that game. Both Tyler and Maureen, great champions. At the end of the game, Ken said to Maureen, you know, you just had a hard time getting your buzzer mojo working today. And she said, I'm sure it was a little bit more than the buzzer, Ken, but okay, we'll go with that. (laughs) Well, when you're going against Amy, you really have to, you know, come with your super prepared A game. You have to be focused. But she clearly showed just the kind of champion she was. She was poised throughout, even when there's a little maybe down him for a moment, but um, she stayed strong. Yeah, and and as we can see, you know, Tyler could have, if things had gone a little different, maybe hit that daily double, maybe make a move. Could have been a spoiler here, but uh, when Amy is on, you do not want to be on one of those other podiums. Well, and Tyler's fiance, she had fun. He certainly had a lot of support. (laughs) She posted a really great video with all of the swag she had received or that Tyler had received. She had her, you know, popsicle stick faces. She had her Jeopardy blanket on her lap, a bowl of popcorn and a glass of wine. So she was ready to watch her fiance win or lose in the semifinals. It was Amy who won. I had a chance to speak with her right after the victory. Let's hear what she had to say about securing the first spot in the finals. Amy Schneider, not just a 40-day champion, now you're a 41-day Jeopardy champion. How does it feel? This isn't just any win. This gets you to the finals. Uh, it feels really good, I have to say. I mean, I've you know been thinking about this game for like a year at this point, uh, and so it finally comes up, and there was definitely a lot of nerves around it. And you know, knowing that you know you're not going up against people that's their first game anymore, like it really changes the way you're you're thinking about it. But yeah, got the buzzer going when I needed to and, you know, found the daily doubles, which was a very exciting chase between me and Tyler. And uh, yeah, and I'm just excited to get to play more. I didn't want to be one and done on this tournament. What was it like when you heard you were going to be seated in the semifinals? Was that a welcome surprise for you or were you hoping to play in the quarterfinals? It was a mixed feeling. It was feeling like, oh, you know, I'll be coming in cold in a way that the other players won't. But On the other hand, it was an extra $5,000 guaranteed, you know. (laughs) Yeah, and like having one less game to win is probably an advantage overall. So, yeah. If there's anyone in this tournament that people were nervous to play against, I think it had to be you as a 40-game winner. Was that any extra pressure for you coming into this tournament? Um, I think not that the not that the other players were nervous to play against me. That was something I felt good about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, people I meet and everybody's like, oh, you're going to crush it. You're going to win the championship, all this sort of thing. And I'm like, I don't know. These are very good players. And it's, you know, well, I'm, I'm certainly going to try. That's my goal. But I would not at all be surprised to lose to to anyone else that's still in the tournament. You're headed to the finals. Obviously, we know it's the first finalist to win three games. What are you thinking? Um, I mean, I, I do like that format because you're just playing the same way you would be playing any other any other game, you know, and it's like the, the, the mantra in my head all the time is the right move in Jeopardy is always get the next clue right. So, you know, like it doesn't matter what the format is or what, you know, where things are or anything else, just get the next clue right and keep going. 
you are three wins away from being a Tournament of Champion winner. Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds quite good, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy a couple of days off, and we'll see you in the finals. All right. Thank you. So we have our first seeded player going to the finals. Right. That's, you know, validates a little bit of uh, of the format. But on Thursday, we have our second semifinal with Matt Amodio, John Folkt, and Sam Buttry. Similar story, different ending. I like to call this game... dun da 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 It was Professor Buttry with a buzzer in the studio. So good. Matt held the lead for a bit, but John and Sam both began to edge Matt into a third place position, which is kind of unusual. It was very tight match as we headed into the DJ round. Matt found the first daily double right away and went all in with a correct response and took the lead. But Sam quickly found the second daily double, wagering 6,000 and responding correctly to put him in the lead. The battle continued with all three contestants very much in the game. It all came down to final, with Sam holding a strong lead of 23,000, Matt not far behind with 16,800, and John still very much in the mix with 12,600. All three players got final correct, but Matt, with an interesting wager of nothing, and Sam wagering big, Sam wins the game. Yeah, this was, you know, I'm sure some people who have not drilled down on the numbers might say, why did Matt bet nothing? But it's very hard to win from second yes. place. You know Sam's going to cover. Uh, I think this was a savvy wager. Um, in what, what do you think, Michael? I, I was a little bit surprised, but yeah, I think you're right. I think he's kind of looking at it going, okay, he knows that Sam is going to go all in or going to wager a lot because he's kind of right on his heels. So I think he's kind of thinking, if Sam gets it wrong, I get it wrong, but I bet nothing. Exactly. I've won this game. So I think he was playing for Sam to get it incorrect. Yeah. But I, not factoring in John as much. That's, That's right. true. This, this was, is true. This was where it was really difficult because you have to then assume that John's going to get it incorrect. And I think at this level of play, first of all, you know, I think this semifinal could be considered the semifinal of death. I mean, these are yes. probably three of the most anticipated players. <laughs> I didn't players. claim to call it that, but I agree. Yeah. I, I think, you know, if I'm looking at the semis, this is the one that maybe scares me the most uh, in terms of, and, and if you look at the scores, you can see sure. you know, only four incorrect responses in the entire game. Um you got to think everyone's getting it or no one's getting it. I think that's how you approach um, final. If everyone's getting it, Matt, you know, doesn't have a chance because Sam is going to bet to cover. So if everyone gets it wrong, that's Matt's chance. And I think that uh, th- that's a, a reasonable way to approach a, a final Jeopardy at in the semifinals of the Tournament of Champions. Yeah, definitely with this kind of competition. Matt had a funny comment in the end. He said, I feel a little little triggered. You know, for the past five years, I've had professors torment me, and now it's coming back. (laughs) Sam, of course, (laughs) upset him. Um, You know, and Sam talked about it, that he hadn't really had much experience with daily doubles up until that point and, Mm. and hadn't had to make those wagers. But he said when he was faced with players like Matt and John, he was lucky enough that he could get one and he could swing the bat at and drive it out of the park yeah and he said that was for you john because of course john works in baseball so <laughs> he kept his humor what a game though and i think this is a good point because we had we had sam's um quarterfinal and now his semifinal on line at home but also in the studio sam has really captured people's hearts i mean i think when we were taping this everybody was just like how could you not love yes the 
energy that Sam is bringing. And I think what's great is everyone online, clearly everyone at home is uh, is also joining in on that. And as somebody who also thinks it's really fun to have fun when you're on Jeopardy, I love to see him be successful with that attitude. And as a general note, because Sam was a champion from professors and all the people he had to defeat to get to that point and the people he had to defeat to get to this game, he is at this point undefeated. undefeated. Yes, the only person in the TOC remaining who is undefeated. Of course, yeah. Jess Karin had that stat as well, but he's not with us still. So way to go, Sam. I caught up with him after he secured that spot in the finals. Take a listen. Sam Buttry, you are a finalist in the Tournament of Champions, just three wins away from taking the title. How are you feeling? That's very exciting. It hasn't really sunk in yet, and I know there's a lot of work let, yet to be done, but I'm uh, very excited about going forward and, and continuing to play Jeopardy. I love to play Jeopardy, and I get a chance to do it even more. The streak continues undefeated on this stage. Wow. Undefeated on the Alex Trebek stage, and no matter how it uh, ends up, you know, I, I'm able to look back and say, man, I had a run, didn't I? You didn't just have a run. It has been so much fun to watch you play, and that game in particular, I was at the edge of my seat. What was it like to be competing in it? It was an adrenaline-fueled dash. It was like those Fast and Furious movies of just going on. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I play Jeopardy, but I'm a fan of Jeopardy. And to meet the, these players I've seen before, and, you know, Matt Amodio is kind of a special player, and go up against him and, and have a chance. It, it, if we'd played 100 times, maybe he would have won, or those two guys between them might have won 60 or 80. I don't know. But they happened to get one that I could win today, and happy to run away with it. I mean, to walk away. Right. With it. it wasn't a runaway. No, it no. Was a very, very, get out the other very end alive. game. What was that moment like for you when you came across that daily double and you had to think like, okay, am I going to do it? Am I going to make the big wager? I had persuaded myself coming into the tournament that what I really needed to do was to bet more on daily doubles. And of course, I didn't bet all that I had, but it was just, yeah, you know, go big or go home. John works for a baseball team. You got to swing the bat to hit a home run. So, I'm, of course, it worked out well for me and I'm delighted I did it, but it was, it's nerve wracking for sure. Heading into the finals, you've been in a finals before, last time in the professor's tournament, but what are you thinking you may have to do differently or how are you going to approach these finals, these very important finals? My concern is that the questions are going to get harder and the <laughs> players are going to get faster. So I'm just going to try to uh, stay in the zone. That's all I can do. Stay, as the sports metaphors say, stay within myself, play my game, hope that uh, things come up for me and see what happens. Well, as long as you've been competing here on the Alex Trebek stage, your game is working. So congratulations. Keep doing what you're doing, and we will see you in the finals. Thank you very much. All right. And now to wrap up the week with our semifinalists, we have Mateo Roach, Erica Hasek, and Andrew He taking the stage. I'd like to call this game All In for the Win. <laughs> The J round was a pretty tight competition between Matea, Eric, and Andrew, but Andrew quickly found his groove in the DJ round. He took a strong lead after finding both daily doubles, wagering it all each time and responding correctly on both. Eric did make a push to get within striking range, but ultimately fell short of reaching at least half of Andrew's score of 39,200. Final stumped all three players, but it didn't really matter because Andrew had already secured a one-way victory. You know, watching this, I was like, oh, man, Andrew just gave Eric a taste of his own medicine because Eric's right. quarterfinal was those back-to-back -back 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 daily, daily doubles. doubles yeah. 
So uh, it was it was pretty exciting to see uh, Andrew give it back to him, you know, almost in exactly the same fashion. You live by the Daily Double <laughs> and you can die by the Daily Double, I guess. And his $16,800 Daily Double wager was not only the biggest in the TOC so far, but also so far in season 39. So, wow. And he had the highest Daily Double in season 38. So uh, he's being consistent. For me, the big surprise here is also Matea. I'm a big Matea fan, not afraid to say it. Really <laughs> expected them to come out bigger, especially after winning that exhibition. I know, you know, everyone's having fun. Some people are just working on the buzzer, but still to win that exhibition with a runaway, expected Matea to be more of a force in this game. And really it was the story of the game was Eric and Andrew. Yes, and I think Matea felt the same after their exhibition game. They were a bit surprised to have, you know, conquered Amy and Matt, and I expected that confidence to play into the semis. It's just you never know what Jeopardy will bring. It did bring us the Mandy Patinkin category, the career category, and I have to say, for my career, this was a highlight, Uh, having the chance to record this with him and saying... Hey, any chance um, you have one of the swords? You know, when he was going to do the hello, my name is Enigo Montoya. You killed my father prepared to die. And he goes, well, yeah, I have the two swords in my house, one for each of my sons. And I was like, can you use one? And the clue He's like, sure. So here he comes back with the sword and he's checking out the framing and he's doing the line a few times and stepping back so that the sword and he are in frame. My childhood princess bride loving self yeah. just couldn't even contain myself. And I hope everyone watching that category enjoyed it as much as I did recording it. As you wish. Ah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, we've had our semis now. I would love to talk with both of you. What do we think about being seated? I mean, it clearly didn't hurt Amy, but did it possibly affect Matt and Matea here who in, you know, Matt was a a presence, more of a presence in his game than Matea was in theirs, but what do we think about how this affected gameplay? In terms of Matt, I think Matt was maybe a little bit surprised not to have his usual, I'm getting in first. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Uh, he had real challengers. But as you said, he was more in the game throughout mm-hmm. than Matea. It's kind of hard to judge Matea's game in a way. They um, didn't get the two daily doubles. Right. You know, it might have been a different game had they gotten at least one of those in the DJ round. But when you're when your opponent is betting everything right and getting them back to back, you know, there's not much you can do at that point because remember those daily doubles happened pretty early in the DJ right. round. Yes. That's true. That's true, but I like I am hoping that that kind of uh swing for the fences gameplay is going to carry over into the finals because it's exciting. It's incredibly exciting. And with, you know, scores not carrying over, I think our players are more encouraged to just go for it. And, you know, if you don't win this game, there's tomorrow's game. So go for it. Try to get a runaway. And then, you know, you can you can kick the can on a, a as, as we've seen, some of these finals have been very gettable. Some of them have been very hard. I thought this last semifinal game, final Jeopardy was very hard. Yeah. I don't think the seeding impacted the outcome. I think it just shows what a high level all of these semifinalists are playing at. And maybe, you know, Matt and Matea, they come through their quarterfinal, they still end up in the semis with really a high level of competition. And it's just, it really does come down to who finds those daily doubles. Obviously, if you're getting more clues correct, you have a better chance of getting the daily doubles. But 
For those of us, I'm just happy I get to watch. I'm enjoying every minute of it, but this is some high-level competition. Yeah. Andrew, very excited after his win. I had a chance to catch up with him. Andrew He, the finals are now in your future. How are you feeling? I'm, I'm just feeling shocked, um, but I'm so happy to be here. Can I bring it up now? The term everyone's been saying, dark horse, it seems to be proving true so far. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I, I, we rode into the finals, right? So um, why not? Let's, let's embrace it. Keep riding that horse. Dark horse. The yeah. dark horse. I like it. Almost $25,000 in daily doubles. Yeah. What goes into your mind in that moment when you know you're just going to put it all out there? Twice, three I mean, times. It's, it's kind of like uh, you you do the hard work off stage. Off stage, you're like, well, look at who I'm playing. You know, I'm playing some of the greatest players, and you just beforehand, you're like, if I'm in this position, like, what could I possibly do? I just have to set myself apart. I just have to live and die by this. You know, and I very well could have, you know, just gone straight to zero. But you know, you're never entirely out of it. Even I think that's what makes the true daily double. You know, a really powerful move because a lot of times, like, you're not truly out of it even if you're at zero. Now, when you were thinking about this competition and heading into the tournament, did you imagine, like, in your wildest, best-case scenario, a final where you would meet Amy Schneider again? That is probably the absolute, absolute tippy-top, top-of-the-pyramid dream. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm not going to lie. I, I wanted another chance to, you know see what would happen against Amy so and you'll have at least three chances because yep. this is a first which is scary I'll have, I'll have three chances to <laughs> to you know flub stuff but um let's hope not yeah. you have another connection I just learned about Brian Chang who was in the tournament as well was your RA he he, <laughs> he was an RA in the same dorm okay that I was in when I was a freshman he was a couple years he was a couple years older than me but yeah that's a funny connection, right? Like It is. <laughs> and now you meet in the Tournament of Champions. But he says he knew even then you were meant for Jeopardy. Grace. Oh, there was no chance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We were taking some classes together um, that I did very poorly in. <laughs> well, you've made up for lost time. Congratulations on a really fun game to watch, an exciting game, a runaway game for you. You're heading into the finals, I think, at a pretty good streak. So congratulations. Thank you. We'll see you there. All right, there you have it. Amy Schneider, Andrew He, and Sam Butcher. We finally know those are the three headed to the finals. You know, I'm curious how people's fantasy brackets are, are lining up, <laughs> whose was blown up by some of those semifinal games. But now they're headed to the finals. They're going to compete in a best of seven series with a first to win three wins. Wins? And thank you, Michael Harris, for joining us once again. My pleasure always. And now it's time for Celebrity Jeopardy! The semifinals, our second semifinal match, and what a match it was. John Michael Higgins, Will Wheaton, Joel Kim Booster, all three came into this game wanting to make it to the finals, but in the end, it was Will Wheaton who advances. Yeah, this was, um, to me, coming in, I thought that John, depending on the material, could have been a spoiler, but really, if I'm if I'm handicapping this, it's sort of, is it Will or is it Joel? And for me, Will is more the lifetime fan of the show, somebody who watches, somebody who, you know, is a big part of pop culture. And so, you know, in in everything that he does, he's sort of absorbing this stuff. And Joel has had that training that we've talked about. Yes. Um, and I think that Joel really 
showed up and showed how preparing for these games can make a big difference. As he mentioned, uh, his friends Lewis and Chris, who he's on the group chat with, helped him get ready. Former Jeopardy players. Former Jeopardy players. Not champions, but players. But uh, they are, you know, there could be a little bit of um, jealousy, but uh, they are, as he said in his interview, they are very proud. I did like that there's some anger that the hottest person on the group chat is now the smartest person. Uh, Controversial statement. I'm sure that may have uh, raised some hackles. However, I think Joel did uh, Chris and Lewis very proud and um you know i'm i'm looking when joel had shots he took them you know sixty four hundred dollar daily double that's that's what you got to do and i think uh played very well got final yeah and then you know you can't avoid that will earned eleven thousand dollars more in triple (laughs) jeopardy giving him that commanding lead at the end I had to just enjoy Will's whole run. He really just is such a real fan of the show. He said in his interview, this is such an unbelievable dream come true for me. And so great to see him advance to the finals. I had a chance to speak with him after his big win. Let's hear what he had to say about making it to the finals. Will Wheaton, you are headed to the finals. I know. I am. You are. (laughs) It's, um, It's so exciting, and I'm honestly in a little bit of shock, and I don't really know how to fully process it, except to just accept how unbelievably cool this is. Well, as a true Jeopardy fan, you know that heading to the finals is almost like heading to a tournament of champions for our regular players are you feeling that pressure now that you're headed into the the, the finals? Um, I am trying really hard not to put pressure on myself. Uh, I am I am working very hard to choose to enjoy this and play the very best game that I can possibly play, um, and hopefully just catch some lucky daily doubles when I come back. Um, but I've worked very hard to not have any expectations while I was here. When you wait 35 years to be on Jeopardy, <laughs> you don't want to wreck that by overthinking it. Well, when we talked earlier, you told me Madame Odio was one of your favorite Jeopardy players, and now you had a category from Madame Odio that you did pretty well in. What was that like? That was really exciting, and and it was odd. That category is, I knew every answer, and my brain 100% locked up on two of them and was just like, oh, of course it's software. And like, I just didn't get that, but... Um, uh, when I eventually meet Matt Amodio, uh, I will be able to tell him that I got some of his questions right. And I stood at his podium, which is kind of cool. <laughs> What's the best part of this experience so far? I got to tell a national television audience that I'm a survivor in an environment that deeply matters to me on a show that I think attracts a particular audience of really smart people that I just think is a wonderful audience to speak to. Having the privilege and the opportunity to come here and be myself without shame and without nervousness and uh, without anxiety is a very, very big deal for me. So there's no one thing, right? It's just sort of like, if I could just reach through time, if I could reach back through time and just grab 20-year-old me and just tell him, buddy, it happens. You have to wait a while, but it happens. You go to the freaking finals. Um, I know, having been him, that he would be pretty excited about that. And not only does it happen, but you play this game so well. You are such a good Jeopardy champion so far. I know you've been watching all this time, but to actually be here 
and see how you'll do. It has to be very rewarding. It's really fun. I imagine like if you're really into golf, it's like playing at like one of those super famous golf uh, <laughs> courses. I used to play hockey and I got to play in the Boston Garden once, the old Boston Garden. And just there's a sense of history. There is a sense of like really amazing things have happened on this stage. And to come here and get to be part of it, just, I have literally watched the show my entire life. Now I know how people who were Star Trek fans their whole life felt when they got to come work on Star Trek when I was too young to really appreciate and understand that. And uh, now I get it. Well, we are so happy to welcome you into the Jeopardy family. Oh, thank All you. the champions are excited to welcome you as well. And good luck in the finals. Thank you so much. Yeah, that Will Ike finals is going to be one to watch. Both huge fans of the show. I would say it seems to me like Will is a fan of the show. Ike is a student of the show. Sure. It'll be interesting to see how those two play against whoever our third person is. That's right. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be rerunning some of our favorite Celebrity Jeopardy episodes. And then in January, we will kick off a new round of celebrities competing for that third spot in the finals I think we're going to be on Thursday nights. I think there's another yeah. show that night, Buzzy. I think it, I think I will be appearing, hopefully, on The Chase uh, right after those shows. This is exciting. 8 p.m. for Celebrity Jeopardy, 10 p.m. for The Chase. You won't want to miss it. All right, it's time for viewer questions. Maddie asks... I was wondering if the timings of tapings for the TOC is the same as others where five shows are taped in one day or if there's a modification so that all of the quarterfinalists do not play two games in one day. Well, it's a very smart question, Maddie, and it certainly was part of our layout when we designed the way the TOC would go. We actually played all six of the quarterfinal games along with the great exhibition in one day. For that very reason, we didn't want anyone to have to play an unfair amount of games. We wanted to level the competition as much as possible. So all 21 TOCers played on that first day. And then we came back the next day and we played our three semifinals and we played our first two finals. So we knew in that case we would be coming back for day three. What we didn't know is how many games we would be playing. Would it be three, four, five, six, or seven? You'll have to stay tuned to find out. But it's a great question, and I hope I gave you a sufficient answer. Yeah, that was a, a very long tape day, and I got to <laughs> tip my hat to Ken for yes. really keeping the energy up and staying focused. Um, you know, I think that slip up where we heard shit. Ah, beep. Yes. Can we say that on the podcast? Okay. Um, I think we can. But yes. The, that... the, the slip up where, you know, he said that, you know, he was on his eighth game of the seventh, seventh game yeah. of the day, but he also did the, did he do the, um, the rehearsals the were rehearsals. the day before. The rehearsals the day before. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, yeah, he was on his seventh game of the day. That is a lot of Jeopardy to be reading through. That's a lot of clues. Yeah. 61 times, times seven, 7 is 427, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so he, he gets an excuse to say shit. Oh, I got to say it, too. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, moving on. Yeah, John, <laughs> <laughs> moving right along from our, uh, you know, HBO version of Inside Jeopardy. John asks, in your tournaments, how are the contestant groupings determined? Is it totally random or do you use a system? For instance, how were the 18 quarterfinal contestants allocated in the six games and how will the six winners be allocated in the three semifinals? Well, John, 
a lot of factors go into it. Um, there is a system as much as there can be a system. Everything is considered. You know, we want to avoid players going against each other in the initial rounds where we can avoid players going against each other. If they played in their initial game, we want to avoid them playing against each other in the quarterfinals. Things like people with the same name or a similar name, you know, that's really difficult for our host. It's difficult for us judges and producers trying to keep track of everything. So if we can avoid that, we avoid it. We try to have people not from the same city, you know, for the same reason. There are so many different factors that we try to avoid in the combinations. And then, you know, there is a seeding system of sorts, a, a rough seeding that we did, especially in those quarterfinals going into it, you know, where a Ryan Long, a 16-day champion, is going up against maybe a four-day winner and, mm -hmm. and those types of things. So it is a system. It's not, you know, exact because of all the different factors that weigh in, but certainly a lot of, a lot of thought and effort goes into it. I can say that much. Yeah, and I think in terms of the second round, you know, we we know we've got our three seeded players, right? And then it's, you know, kind of trying to mix people up in the same way in the semifinals, correct? So if there's going to be a rematch, you want to see that rematch in the finals. Would you agree, Sarah? I would agree. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Maddie and John, for your questions. Listeners, we love answering your questions, so please keep sending them in to InsideJeopardyPodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back probably next week. What do you think? Oh, we will be back, Buzzy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> we will be back with more Tournament of Champions finals to oh discuss. Goodness. I cannot wait. I cannot either. You are not going to want to miss these three champions battling it out in that best of seven finals. There will be so much to discuss here on the pod. So as always, make sure you subscribe, rate us, leave us a comment, share across social, follow us at Jeopardy on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on YouTube. And we will see you all next week. Guaranteed. We'll be here. <laughs>